Uh, when you're trying to get across uh, traffic in the city of Toronto, if you're not driving, you could be in a vehicle. It may be a cab. It may be an Uber. It could be a lift vehicle. Um, but here's something scary. If you're in one of those ride-hailing um, cars, you may actually not be with someone who has been appropriately tested let me just uh, give you uh, some perspective into what I'm talking about. Toronto made mandatory training uh, for new vehicle hires, uh, for new uh, vehicles for hire and private transportation company drivers in 2019. And so this program was supposed to be in place last year. And then, well, with the pandemic, we know what happened, right? And the uh, general manager of Uber Canada had asked the city to slow the implementation of the training program because, well... Not many people were getting into lifts. Not many people were getting into Ubers. And so they had asked that in this unprecedented crisis, could we just put a pause on the training that is mandatory for a, any new uh, drivers um, with Lyft or Uber? And so I see, I think the city said, okay, but now they are uh, looking at bringing back training and hopefully they get to it too sweet. I know that next week city council will hear a motion Put forward by Councillor City, uh, City Councillor rather Kristen Wong Tam, asking staff to consider putting a stop to issuing new licenses until the training program is in place. And I think that our next guest would probably support that. Her name is Christine Hubbard. You've heard her here on the show before. She's with Beck Taxi. Welcome to the show, Christine. Good to have you back. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Um, can you align what the city's proposing when it comes to training for Uber and Lyft drivers? So in 2019, council voted to bring back, so it's not just to introduce mandatory training, training for um, commercial drivers or for higher vehicle drivers has been going on for decades in this city. After learning hard lessons about how important it is for someone who's going to be approaching curbside, listening to a radio or using um, an electronic device in their vehicles, you know, um, sensitivity training, AODA training, all of these things were cancelled to accommodate Uber. So I want to be clear about that. The City of Toronto had trained tens of thousands of drivers until 2016 when they cancelled it. Again, you know, history repeats itself and those lessons were learned, you know, hard, hard lessons, accidents, you know, we all know the story about Nicholas Cameron, you know, council voted to bring that training back. It was supposed to start in 2020. At the same time, we have mandatory training. We've carried on throughout, through Centennial College. That training stopped as well. So the city might want to say, or staff might say, oh, well, it was COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Don't license any more drivers, though, because as you said in your introduction, demand decreased. People were not getting into these vehicles. So the drivers who were already licensed, the drivers in the taxi industry who were already trained, were managing that demand. Yet staff not only didn't implement training, but they then continued to license 40,000 drivers to cruise our city streets. How do you reconcile that? Yeah, I mean, it's a scary proposition if you're somebody that's just uh, getting, you know, taking, making use of uh, the ride sharing uh, app on your phone and you get into the car thinking, well, of course, somebody's vetted this person and maybe not so much. Maybe they haven't. Uh, been through the appropriate training. Um, the training that you were talking about that the city used to give, was that an, uh, an umbrella training course for both taxi drivers and ride-sharing uh, drivers? So that was only for taxi drivers and, and 
so you've hit the nail on the head. When Uber arrived in this city and had been operating for a couple of years illegally, um, when the city finally did get down to regulating, staff recommended that training be cancelled. And that's what council voted to do. Training altogether and, and knowing just how important that piece is. Here we are facing no less than a crisis on our streets when it comes to road safety, traffic and congestion. I mean, all of the things that come with adding more vehicles, plus the fact that we knew that taxi drivers and Uber and Lyft drivers who were taking the risks during COVID were trying to make a living. Why would the city add 40,000 more people to cruise the streets with mm-hmm. not as much business, not to mention spreading a virus potentially when there is a no training about health and safety to start, but any training at all. You know, we've heard about the cyclists and pedestrian, you know, uh, injuries and, and deaths on our streets. We should be mitigating that risk. And that is staff and city council's mandate. They've done the complete opposite. Why would the city um, give out 40,000 new licenses? Have you gotten to the bottom of it yet? <laughs> it's a great question. You know, it's, it's, you know, we find ourselves very often in this situation. You know, the executive director of licensing and standards has, you know, pleaded that Uber and Lyft went, you know, they had 96,000 drivers and they went down to 46,000 drivers during the pandemic. Well, does that include the 40,000 you licensed or is it the 46 plus 40? There are so many questions, but what it boils down to is every goal that has been set by this city in terms of the climate crisis, you know, traffic and congestion, road safety, you know, today, Uber drivers are protesting at Uber's offices in Mississauga because so we know it's not because they want to treat the drivers better. You know, the idea that council directed staff to implement this training, Uber asked them not to. And we can say that they complied with Uber's request or that they just didn't do it. But we know who got what they wanted Mm -hmm. and 40,000 more cars on our streets. Now, Christine, just to play devil's advocate, Uber asked for a pause at the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. I mean, that's when everything was shutting down. We didn't know how this virus was spread. I mean, they, they could, you could say that that was a, a reasonable request, but it's time to get back onto it. You know, when we've got the TTC putting together little parody videos, welcoming everybody back to, uh, normal transit rides, then I think we definitely have to realize that, um, people are starting to hop into taxis. And if people are hopping into taxis, people are hopping into Ubers and Lyfts as well. So maybe it is time to revisit that. Um, how long of a course is it? Can I, so, uh, they haven't even, uh, they put out the RFPs to have the, you know, anyone who wanted to respond. But I do want to answer your question about being yeah. devil's advocate in that case. Sure. The Centennial College training course shut down. What that meant is that we did not bring any new drivers into our fleet. And that's okay. the expectation. Fine. Don't implement the training, but you can't keep licensing drivers, not to mention the fact, again, decreased demand. You already have 96,000 drivers. How many more do you need? So the idea and what happened with us You know, and it's a risk and it's scary, but you shut down that training. You don't let people get behind the wheel. So it's one or the other. Train and license or don't train, but also don't license. So, Christine, um, are you saying that Uber and Lyft drivers haven't had any training from the city yet? None. None. Zero. Zip. None. So they everything they do is electronic. They are hired electronically. They are put on the road electronically. And that's it. 
off they go with a phone that may or may not be secured to their dash, you know, approaching mm-hmm. curbside. We know, you know, cycling infrastructure, as an example, in this city, it's a constantly evolving thing. You know, they've never had any training about that. No training on, you know, for Ontarians with disabilities. And I don't even think that's legal. So, I mean, you know, that that's the point. Don't do the training. Fine. It's difficult. We're dealing with COVID. It's a pandemic. Just don't hire more drivers. Don't hire more drivers. Don't license more drivers. You already have 96,000 of them. So to your point, people needed to access that service. The demand was reduced. The supply was reduced. And that allows a balance for the people who are taking the risk out there on the roads driving, but they've been trained to do it. I just want to revisit this. Do we know how long the uh, training course that the city wants to implement for Uber and Lyft drivers is? We don't know. Originally, or the, when training was canceled, that was a three-week course. That was a uh-huh. three-week um, uh, event, I suppose, to get your license. What we've implemented through Centennial College, using really the um, only the important things out of the city's training, it's one week. Um, Centennial College Taxi 100 course, one week. Um, you can do evenings. And then there is a one-day in-car defensive driving component. because, And that's where people fail. You know, to go online and write a test and, you know, if they do it as an online thing, ours requires in-class, in-person learning. But then you get behind a wheel and a professional determines whether or not you have the skills required to do this job. Because you're not just driving yourself to the grocery store, your kids to school or going to visit your mom and dad. You're approaching curbside. You're looking for people. You're reading instructions. You have someone, a stranger in your backseat. You're accepting payment. There's mm-hmm. so much more to it than just having a provincial driver's license. I want to thank you for your time, Christine. I, I really appreciate it and have yourself a, uh, a safe day. Thanks so much, Kelly. Cheers. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.